very short challenge tonight. 1 Corinthians 2.2 2. I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's it. I am determined to know nothing. I am determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. What does Paul even mean by that? How do you know nothing but Christ and him crucified? I, I can't empty my mind of ridiculous sports trivia. You know, like, how, how do you just know Christ and him crucified? What's he talking about? I think an oversimplification, but maybe it'll help us understand that, would be something like this. To live every day with Christ at the center of our thoughts and our joys and our loves and our plans to the point that every other consideration is a distant second. So again, oversimplification, but I think it helps. Live every day with Christ at the center of of our thoughts, joys, loves, and plans to the point that every other consideration is a distant second. I am determined to know nothing but Christ among you and him crucified. I don't think that's too far away from really the central point of all history and all of scripture. Jesus is the center of everything. He's the king of the universe. And he's the ruler over me and you. Now on the other end of that spectrum is probably us. We're redeemed sinners. We're already recreated in Christ. We have been given the righteousness of God through Jesus Christ. We've been made God's children. We're welcome into his presence because of Jesus' sacrifice. But we struggle with our life. And we struggle with the love that we have of this world, with our heart's attachments to self-glory and self-determination and self-love. We are given forgiveness through Christ, but we still wrestle with the allure of this world and our heart's attraction to it. Christless Christianity. That's an oxymoron, I think, right? But Christless Christianity is a term that's actually been coined and popularized over the last several years to help describe the problem of us Christians in America and American Christianity, our version of it. So what is that? It's a Christianity that celebrates and praises God for the salvation that he gives us in Jesus Christ, but really that becomes just another benefit of being a comfortable American. It turns Christianity into a, comfort, a comforting affirmation of who I am and what I want, and it just strips away, it removes all the pesky ideas of discipleship and sanctification. And it pushes us to accept and celebrate the portions of Scripture that we find helpful and pleasant. It really ultimately ends up devolving into the idea that the main emphasis of life from God, the main idea of life with Jesus Christ is that we would be happy and nice people. Jesus and his work and his demands on our lives are optional at best and discarded as unhealthy religion at worst. So this causes us to then scour the Bible 
and the internet for scriptures that are cute and sweet and relevant for some life situation, but really treats the Bible as just being overall irrelevant and void of any power or authority. So we begin to use God to get what we want. We blame him for everything that's bad. We promote Satan to God's co-equal archenemy. We see the Holy Spirit as some kind of on-demand wireless recharger for our dreams and our plans, and we treat Jesus like a life coach. This is Christless Christianity, and it's what many of us practice. Naturally, flowing out of that, and I think more terrifying than that scenario, is that Christless Christianity turns Christianity to really a more acceptable form of legalism because its highest hope is your ability to be all you can be in Jesus Christ. Its hope is that you would realize who you are in Christ, not in the transforming, already accomplished work of Jesus. God, in this Christless Christianity, the message is God is saving you from your own worst enemy, which is yourself, because you might fail to be successful. So one popular practitioner of this kind of Christianity who may live in Houston, but he may not, said this, God is keeping a record of every good deed you've ever done. And in your time of need, because of your generosity, God will move heaven and earth to make sure you're taken care of. God's plan for each of our lives is that we continually rise to new levels. But how high we go in life and how much of God's favor and blessing we experience will be directly related to how well we follow his directions. That's not a gospel at all. That's slavery to a different kind of legalism. It's Christless Christianity. God is your self-help guru. Your time here on this planet is heaven. Jesus is your example of a full life. Sin is really just a poor self-image. Scripture is a self-help manual. Salvation isn't as sweet because our biggest problem isn't that God is burning in anger toward our sins so much as we might miss out on our best life now. Christless Christianity. So what do we have? We end up with a practical and helpful Christianity that really wants you to be successful so that you can show the world how much we have and they would want that too. You can have everything and God. Christless Christianity assures us that we are the center of the story that God is telling and that Jesus is our buddy relentlessly cheering us on ensuring that the Spirit gives us what we ask for. In church, Sunday mornings are mostly just a time to celebrate how amazing God is and making us full and rich and happy and better. Christless Christianity. Church is where we learn how relevant God is to the world we live in <laughs> rather than reminding us that this world is passing away and it's not our home. We are in this pot and we are boiling slowly. We're trading the awe of the cross and the miracle of Jesus being raised for our sins daily, celebrating that, and then at the end of time, celebrating that. We're trading that for growing devotionally, extreme conversion stories, 
working harder, missional living, transform finances, fill in the blank. When we're the center of the story, our sins become mistakes. You hear the language change? Our sins become mistakes. Our sins become acceptable as personality quirks and needs. And our sins never get confessed and therefore they never are forgiven and they're never overcome. When Jesus is at the center of it all, we see the gospel at the center of the universe. That Jesus is the risen lamb and he is coming back and he is seated on a throne at God's right hand right now. That's the center of the story. That's Christ-centered Christianity. So we come together tonight for several reasons, several purposes. We want to hold fast the confession of our faith. And we want to wake up from the sleep of a Christless Christianity. We want to deny ourselves. We want to throw ourselves with humility and confidence on the throne of grace. And we want to trust that our sins are not ever capable of making us happy and they cannot crush us because Jesus Christ has already won. We confess tonight and we repent tonight and we mourn tonight and we strive to daily stay as close to Jesus as we possibly can. Since Jesus has opened a new and living way into God's presence for us, by the shedding of his own blood, let us draw near to God with sincerity and faith, assured in our consciences of his cleansing us from our sin. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess for he who promised is faithful, and let us consider how we may spur one one another on to love and to good deeds, Hebrews chapter 10. Christ-centered Christianity. So we're going to sing and we're going to worship some more. But I really want to challenge all of you here here tonight. Spend this time looking at your own hearts. Spend this time asking yourself, where am I living effectively a Christless Christianity? Like we've described during our time together. So we'll sing some more. We're going to sing one song in particular to kind of use to, to prepare us. We'll come up and we'll receive the ashes in just a moment. So again, maybe take your cards if you want to come and use the kneelers and pray and repent and confess. Feel free to do that. But let's use this song right now to call out, to begin to call out to the Lord for the forgiveness that we are so desperate for.